As your interior designer, I'm saying do everything in black. Walls, sofa, carpet, goldfish, everything. Um, can we not have a bit of colour? Maybe one tiny highlight in Battleship Grey. It's your home, so you should be in charge. With Avancard's flexible home improvement loan, you are. You can choose any repayment period that works best for you up to 84 months. That's seven years. Find out more at avancard.ie. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. New applications only. Seven-year term applies to minimum loan value of €20,000. Avancard Dock Trading as Avancard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Ten. Hello and welcome, my name is Matt Mayer, aka The Implications, columnist of the Imps Adventures series on lawsofpain.net and your Perfect 10 Wrestling host right here on Laws of Pain Radio. Today we are doing a normal network show going through all three shows here on Laws of Pain Radio. Uh, 205 Live, NXT, NXT UK and there were some top bangers <laughs> on this one. I'm trying to find another phrase but no, I'm too British. Top bang, top bangers, I mean, I mean good matches, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. Some really enjoyable matches. Uh, before we get into that, if you remember last week, I was plugged a load of stuff before going into things. No different this week. <laughs> Loads of stuff to plug. So, first off, please uh, do check out the other Lords of Pain uh, radio shows. Uh, Friday, we've got Mav Plan and Mazza with the right side of the pond. Uh, Saturdays is all about All Elite with the uh, Miss Phantom Shane Mystic, the guys who bought you the WCW Legacy series. So, highly recommend to check that out. Sundays, the Doc has returned. The Doc is back with a wide variety of topics and loads of fun coming your way. I've got something to plug for his in a second. Uh, Monday nights, Kingdom of Honor, with Janman and his friend Jeff talking about Ring of Honor New Japan, sometimes CML or whatever, just a little bit. Uh, Tuesdays, Global Revolution. Actually, I, was, I think I heard heard uh, Janman and Jeff do CML or something once and go, nah, maybe not. So I don't know why I mentioned it then. <laughs> it's Global Revolution, they'll cover that. Uh, where with Miss Van uh, covering all your random indie stuff from all over the world. And then live after Smackdown is One Nation Radio with Rich Latter and James Boyd. Wednesdays is... Samuel, I can't say his name. <laughs> Wednesdays is Samuel Plan with Sports Entertainment is Dead. And then Thursday you're back with me. So in regards to Doc's shows, you, you can currently vote on, uh, I've labelled it, Doc's Best Wrestler in the World Tournament. With currently eight over eight thousand votes cast and counting, so a, a fantastic turnout. It just it's a knockout thing, just voting on the best in the world, and you kind of vote through who gets through for each round and the tournament, and you have your winner. So, and at the end, Doc's going to go through and announce the actual victor going through each round, type of thing. So exciting times. Also, the 2019 Laws of Pain Hall of Fame class nominations are still underway. You can decide by sending in your nominees. Just go to lawsofpain.net. The link is at the top of the news list to give your own votes on a nice and fancy Word document. Google Documents. <laughs> no Word document. Right, before I get into things, I want to say that I am knackered. I am not with it. <laughs> I've had a testing week. Uh, there was, yeah, I wasn't able to do my column because of family reasons because of a family issue and by Thursday I am zonked <laughs> which means I'm out of it <laughs> so uh, let's see how I'm semi uh, semi half asleep so we'll see how this one goes <laughs> it could be complete nonsense I could just drivel for 40 minutes and not really add anything so we'll see how it goes uh, news wise we had the uh, I'm just jumping to the news now we'll see how it goes <laughs> Uh, news, we had the fantastic news about Roman Reigns beating, uh, well, sending his leukaemia back into remission. So if you know anything about Kessler, that doesn't mean he's 
beaten leukemia, which means he sent it back into remission, which is awesome news. Uh, because of course, every time it comes back, the likelihood of you doing that is less. But the fact that he's done it again is uh, fantastic. In such a short, short time as well, because that's the other thing, it's unpredictable what is going to happen once he started uh, trying to fight it again. And now he's... he's Able to keep, been able to keep in great shape. Been able to do go and do film work and things. And now he's back. He seemingly is in just as good shape as when he left. <laughs> so just picking up immediately. So like best case scenario anyway. So that's awesome news. And of course we are building to WrestleMania. So there's all the other stuff like uh, Batista's return, Kofi Kingston's storyline. Seemingly they've realised they've. Act- it, yeah, it's an interesting storyline that <laughs> Rich Latter and James Boyd talked about it on uh, after SmackDown. But I quickly address that. I it's like WWE realised they were onto something with Kofi, and they've switched from him being kind of like a little thing for Daniel Bryan for to carry Daniel Bryan over to uh, WrestleMania, but then they've changed it into a thing to carry Kofi over to WrestleMania as well. So interesting. I saw somebody, and I'm sorry I can't remember who it was, but somebody suggested on Twitter that uh, Sami Zayn comes back and costs Kevin Owens the match. Therefore, and then joining Daniel Bryan is like an Earth person, <laughs> as in like a uh, "Gotta save the Earth, man." <laughs> the kind of character that Daniel Bryan is, uh, Sami Zayn could join that, and I was just like, oh, "Sami Zayn could pull that off amazingly." <laughs> yes, and you get then you get Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn set up for WrestleMania. So yeah, to combat everyone who's pissed about uh, <laughs> Batista and Triple H, like plan and the right side of the pond people are flat out no part timers ever, no docs on the same kind of wavelengths as those guys. Whilst with me, I don't hold standards for WrestleMania anymore. <laughs> I've, I've, yeah, There's a, I'm happy uh, kind of drifting away from WWE as much as I have to the point where I've watched War Raw like once a month. I've watched it like more than that in WrestleMania time, but yeah, it's like once a month. I don't really. I keep up with the network shows. SmackDown I've been in and out of sometimes, but yeah, stepping back from WWE has really helped in terms of my wrestling fandom. Yeah, I've done. If you heard Doc talking on Sunday, yeah, I feel like I did something similar during the summer, where I just flat out cut off from WWE for the entire summer, and then got into New Japan and covered the G1 climax for Lords of Pain, which was awesome. Uh, knackering, <laughs> getting up because the G1 climax here in the UK starts at like sometimes it's um, like six or seven in the morning, so I was out. I was up. Not out. I was up <laughs> about seven a.m. covering Japanese wrestling. In the height of boiling hot summer. <laughs> well, I say boiling hot as the UK. Now and then it's hot. We get it now and then. Oh, it's nice, I think. But anyway, bit of a tangent. <laughs> I've gone on. Uh, yeah, I was talking about Batista. You've got Batista Triple H, and then maybe to counter that, you've got your Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, or something like that. And you've got your journey of Kofi Kingston, which there. It's, it's weird, because if you depends on, I don't know if it depends on how long you've been a fan or whatever or if you've seen WWE I'm I'm very my I feel like my views are very close to Doc in terms of I do not trust WWE to tell a story because when I've gone because maybe it's the writing the columns thing that kind of forced sometimes you do look back and you'll keep records that the not like the average person probably wouldn't because they're like why would they ever go back and check the storyline for the past year why would a normal person do that <laughs> but in terms of my world Going back over the past year, you can see that WWE have stopped, started so many stories, and that things have changed, and not always, for, more often than not, not for the better. Uh, sometimes they've hit fire, like with the Becky Lynch thing, which was they hit fire, didn't realise they'd hit fire, continued with their storyline, and then they switched it around eventually, whatever. But my worry with Kofi Kingston is WWE's past, 
with what they did with Booker T, which was an amazing, all the way back in 2003, uh, a really well done push for Booker T, and then they turned it into a you don't deserve to be champion kind of thing, and Triple H beat him when it was like an amazingly told babyface story, and they had him lose <laughs> after they did the you people thing to Booker. <laughs> which is like, oh, have you done that line? There's no way Triple H is winning, right? He's essentially done a little bit of an racism, <laughs> and then he, and then he won. Uh, so that's the worry with WWE that they do the storyline, they build up the babyface thing, and even if they incorporated racism, <laughs> the heels still won. Oh, Southland Three was a different time. <laughs> Jesus Christ! The fact that they did that is, yeah, and they, I feel like with Kofi Kingston, they. They finally got another opportunity to do that. I, don't, I feel like that is another thing that's feeding into it. It's the misstep with Booker T. They can finally rectify, well, well, not rectify it, but this time they can do it right with Kofi. Like the strong challenger out of nowhere to lead into a WrestleMania. The fans have got really behind him. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Really, it's just the fact that they're actually champions and challengers that the crowd are, that me as a viewer, I am interested in. Because how many years has it. It's, I think the last main event I generally enjoyed was Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar. Then of course before that it was Daniel Bryan and yeah, but but still it was it's been that was twenty fourteen? No, twenty fifteen. That was twenty yeah, that's twenty fifteen. So the entire almost the entire second half of this decade I've not enjoyed the main event of WrestleMania or been invested or really cared just because of the messing about with the Reigns character. Like they seem to find a great groove and then they switch back to him, no, you've got to love him, you've got to love him, everybody will love him. So like, oh but you found such a good middle ground between the two <laughs> the, the 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 fans that don't like him and the fans that cheer him and they gave him attitude and it seemed to work and they just and I was like, No, you've got to cheer him, he's the baby face ah oh, Tangent <laughs> the point being I am looking forward to Wrestlemania purely because I'm excited to actually watch rivalries on a WWE stage that I am actually interested in that I actually care about so with the main, uh, women's triple threat at the main event with Seth Rollins uh, beating Brock Lesnar assumably if that's what's actually going to happen because <laughs> it's WWE <sighs> and then of course we got the uh, Kofi Kingston story against Daniel Bryan assumably as well Like that's nice to get invested in it's an awesome time Awesome time. Well, it's the new era, as I call it. New era with caps lock, lowercase, caps lock, lowercase. <laughs> just the crazy thing of uh, they've had what three new eras of just random things revitalizing TV show again to inject new energy, and have done it like two or three times since they said they did it in December. Which is just just you don't need to revitalize the show every like three weeks. <laughs> it's not doesn't need to be done. Oh. But we are getting a fantastic examples of continuity and uh, well, continuity in storytelling as well as character on the network. So the lower WWE things, the things where Vince McMahon has less of a say, if any of a say, as far as I know. As far as I know, uh, NXT and Triple Five Live especially are Triple H babies. I guess with NXT UK, it's a Triple H baby, but I don't know how much he's the one raising it and bringing it up. <laughs> to continue the metaphor I don't know if he's who's writing the scripts and who's there produ- producing the NXT UK shows I don't know who's there in Gorilla uh, you could assume it's Triple H but of course he's in America doing stuff so highly also highly likely not <laughs> I don't know I've not looked into it anyway so 205 Live NXT NXT UK uh, less especially for the the well, I'm going to start with 205 Live and uh, end on NXT UK so the ones I'm bookending this thing with both of those were more about the wrestling than the storylines, with NXT being very storyline heavy, including building up characters and things for future stuff. So, 25 Live, we are currently 
in the Buddy Murphy classic. So we've just started the Buddy Murphy classic. That's why I stuttered because I couldn't figure out how to say it. I've just written down the title and not how to. Uh, Buddy Murphy classic has. Uh, I'm calling it that because Buddy Murphy did on Twitter and I liked it. <laughs> so it's not the Cruiserweight Classic or the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament or Two or Five Live Tournament for the for in which the winner faces Buddy Murphy at WrestleMania. No, just put it, squish it together. Buddy Murphy Classic Week One. <laughs> I like it. So the first two matches in the Buddy Murphy Classic: uh, Tony Nice versus Kalisto and Drew Gulak versus Brian Kendrick. So I've got other notes. <laughs> Sorry, juggling. So first match: Tony Nice defeated Kalisto. So, or as I've written it down, Tony's knees defeated Kalisto because uh, he did the running because Kalisto was down in the corner after Tony Nice did a awesome like uh, German suplex with the head hitting the lower turnbuckle. Uh, or it did, doesn't. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it did hit, but they cut the camera, so I don't know. But who gives a shit? <laughs> he sold it well. The crowd went, "Oh shit, his head!" But yeah, so he was uh, Kalisto was down in the corner, and then Tony Nice like ran at him with the knees into the corner. Uh, that's how he won. So Tony's knees defeated Kalisto. A bit of wordplay. That's for you, Clive. <laughs> Clive, sorry. Tony's knees. <laughs> oh, I'm annoyed I didn't do that. When, yeah, sorry, Clive loves crap jokes. Anyway, let's move... Oh, no. Let's actually talk about the match. <laughs> I was about to say let's move on. But all I've said it to my shitty Tony's knees joke. <laughs> well, you don't need to know about the match. You've heard my shitty joke. Uh, so a lot of this match, I was actually thinking they could have Kalisto win. And then I was remembering the wider story. And I was also remembering this is two or five live because it's you got to change your brain a little bit with uh, like main TV WWE. You're used to things changing every few weeks, and if there's like a running storyline for somebody, it's that thing of like continuity. You're punished for continuously watching and trying to keep up with what is canon and what the storylines are or what characters' motives are. If uh, compared to two or five live NXT NXT UK, where characters stick to their motives, they stick to their arcs and things, and they've been building up Tony Nice for the de- for the last little while uh, alongside Buddy Murphy, which is an awesome idea. We've got Buddy Murphy as a heel champion, but you also build up the guy underneath him, like his best bud, who <laughs> helps him out. You make him seem like a badass as well. Like, oh, it heightens them both when they work together. That why would Buddy Murphy? It's that thing they do in the main roster all the time where the person hanging out with the champion takes all the pins and they look, they're they the ones to make look weak whilst on 205 Live. They make that guy look strong so it makes sense why the champion would hang out with them. <laughs> it's just on main roster TV it's oh the heels therefore the one that's not champion takes the pin. It's like oh there can be more depth to it than that and this is showing it for me. Uh, so yeah so I was remembering uh, Tony's knees <laughs> was set to get their push to um, um, seem like a threat. Obviously it's that the other part of it is he's not going to whilst Buddy Murphy's champion, but he can be built up for when Buddy Murphy then moves on or if he just isn't champion anymore or turns face or whatever. Or Tony Nese can turn face. It's all set up. He's been built up to not be a chump. But uh, for parts of this match, I did did think, oh, Kalisto could probably win this. They like Kalisto, don't they? Yeah. Vince likes Kalisto. He's on Monday Night Raw. He could get a little bit of a thing. But no, uh, the Lucha House, if you don't watch 5 Live, the Lucha House party have kind of fallen down the totem pole a bit. They were they've been feuding with the recently released TJP from uh, one of the fatalities of the mental last week. <laughs> it's like, thank God I had Clive to help me cover that. <laughs> that was just so much shit happening. But uh, yeah, the Lucha House party, they have decent matches, but they're not like a title contender threat that much. Even in the multi-man matches, you don't expect them to win. So... With this, well, they weren't even in the Royal Rumble multi-man match unless I'm forgetting something but I don't think I am 
But still, it was a... Oh, maybe Kalisto's in it. <laughs> anyway, this was a decent match. So Kalisto uh, really made me think he was going to win, go for the Selena del Sol, or using the athleticism moves, uh, driving Tony Nisa's head into the mat and feeling like he's actually going to win. Uh, some quick reversals. So really, it's what you expect from Kalisto. Just the... You think Tony Nisa's about to knock the wind out of him and then he does something flippy and gets out of it and drives Tony Nisa's head into the mat instead. Uh, but you felt like Kalisto might have the momentum to finally put Tony Nice to bed when Tony Nice then super, did that German suplex into the corner and then Tony's knees got the victory. Hooray! <laughs> but yes, a decent match. Um, the one thing that stood out for, to me in this one, but more in the main event, was uh, yeah, the crowd could not give a shit. They were, it's like they were, yeah, I really love Tour 5 Live being recorded in front of a crowd who were just waiting for it to end. Oh, it's just, it heightens the show. <laughs> it heightens it so much. Uh, but yeah, so Tony Nice advances to the next round. Uh, this tournament is a little bit different. I feel like we're we're doing one less round, if I might. I don't know, because we're getting less guests in on Tour 5 Live. The roster is smaller as well. So it kind of makes sense to just start at the quarterfinals. So go straight to the semifinals for the next round. So, we've, but we're having two matches a show. So next week we're gonna have two more, then two more after that, uh, which will lead that kind of leads me nicely into VTR time or the video. I don't know. I don't know what VTR means. I got it from Japanese television. <laughs> but yes, uh, just when you go to play the video package, you go VTR play. <laughs> Some people do it in a joking voice. Uh, anyway, so we got Jack Gallagher backstage coast, coasting, coaching Humberto Carrillo. Humperdink, <laughs> he's there backstage. Uh, Gallagher on the iPad telling Carrillo what he did wrong. Just the you could do as much damage. You did, you've jumped over the top rope, but you could do just as much damage with a simple, perfectly applied wrist lock. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> just the oh Gallagher, you did the parent thing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, uh, this is not the first we'll see Jack Gallagher, but uh, assumably uh, they walked off. Uh, sorry, again, I'm using to uh, Clive's notes on Laws of Pain, but he made a good point that they then left and, assumably, to get more coaching by watching Gulak wrestle. That's just the assumption. So they're taking Carrillo on board. Of course, Carrillo's not saying much, and they can hide that in the fact he's foreign. It's like you don't expect to say much because he's foreign, but he could also not be saying much because he's taking in the information, even though he's going to turn on them because, no, they're heels. He's a face. You never know with... Uh, these guys. I like two or five live slow storytelling though. They're not going to rush this. It's not main roster WWE. <laughs> They're going to take their time. Uh, Akira Tazawa was also hyping up Kendrick, getting him all ready for the match against Drew Gulak. So that was nice. And then we cut to Drake Maverick, who is with Maria Mike Canellis. And they're still trying to get that opportunity, talking about how they learned from their losses and are becoming stronger and stronger. Uh, Drake Maverick says that Mike Canellis has a match for him next week on 205 Live. And then the Canellis is a movie, especially talking about how this is, this is the match. This is the one. It's going to happen finally. Uh, interestingly, Drake Maverick didn't say anything about this match being a tournament match. All he said was, I've got a match for you next week on 205 Live. So Mike and Maria... So I'd say take that as a note. <laughs> Something going forward. Mike and Maria are going to appear expecting their match to be a tournament match. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just a match or something. Who knows? But I don't know. Yeah, they've got a match next week. Whatever it is. Maybe Maverick was meant to say it and just didn't. Maybe it was an oopsie. <laughs> but they've not announced anything. I've not seen any graphics or something. So keep an eye out for that one next week. 
Uh, then we went immediately to the main event. That's what uh, I will say. These uh, two or five live tournament shows, uh, show, uh, tournament show, tournament episodes, I guess you say, uh, where they're going through the classic to find the, who's going to be the number one contender for WrestleMania. These tournaments will make the shows go by really quickly because <laughs> it's going to be the same format like week after week after week, where they've got the you got your first opening match, which will be for the tournament. Then you have like your character stuff in the middle. Get all of that out of the way, the VTRs and whatnot. Then you go right back to the second tournament match, end of show. And it's, it's done, it's over. This uh, this week's episode was only 45 minutes, and that was all with the adverts that WWE play as well and everything. Just a solid 45 minutes. It's like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> We're done with, wham, bam. Yeah, and a lot of it is wrestling, obviously. So then it takes us to the main event of 205 Live this week. Uh, Drew Gulak facing Brian Kendrick, uh, continuing their feud after Gulak and Gallagher turned on Kendrick, kicking them out of their group. Kendrick turned face, shaved his beard, went back to old Brian Kendrick's look, and he is, everyone's going, oh God, he's not aged a day. <laughs> that guy did was from 10 years ago. <laughs> it looks identical. Um, obviously, he stands out a bit more on the Cruiserweight show compared to being the little guy on the Big People show. <laughs> the Big People show. <laughs> and I've called it that before. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, this match was Brian Kendrick trying to amp up and fight out of Gulak's ground-based wrestling uh, offense, um, really, really struggling to do it. Sometimes he did some, with just like the quick comeback moves kind of thing, and then Gulak would eventually ground him. Uh, Kendrick felt like he was maybe coming close a little bit, but Gulak really, when it came, he was wearing Kendrick down really heavily with all of his submissions and like yeah, those kind of ground-based offense moves. The crowd seemed bored as hell. <laughs> we just like even before, like there was like a few stiff moments, as in like stiff move moments, and uh, there was a few moments for the crowd to get behind Kendrick, uh, or like or like close fall moments, and the crowd was having none of it. <laughs> just didn't care. Uh, I got into it, and then in the end, a Gulak locked in Brian Kendrick, and he just couldn't escape, and that was the end of that. I think he did it. Was it? Once say the Dragon Sleeper, but I don't know if that's right. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Again, I'm knackered. The fact I remembered it was submission finish is 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 quite good. <laughs> but yes, I thought it was a decent match. But the crowd, it's just weird. Some people take crowd like how the crowd reacts and the atmosphere of the place into the match. Like for example, the Dolph Ziggler Seth Rollins Ironman match from last year. For me, it's quite difficult to get into because the crowd just turned on it, and it's just it turns into a distraction. And the same with the Royal Rumbles from 14 and 15, where you can be enjoying, like nowadays, like from a distance, you you don't really have the same issue with Daniel Bryan and that like, that, that were there at the time. But the booze are still there. The rejection of the match, if, if I say, is, is still there. And that kind of still makes it a bit more difficult to enjoy compared to other Royal Rumbles. But that said, yeah, so that, with this match, it was a decent match. It was a good television match. And he got over Drew Gulak's submissions. He got over Brian Kendrick's will to fight, even though it's just it just wasn't enough. But the crowd didn't care. <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm watching a match in front of a silent crowd who don't care about it. <laughs> it's just, uh, but I was I was uh, doing the really I noted this on Twitter, but I was just doing a really a thing of where like in the in the rest hold match parts or the parts where they do like a sudden move and I'd be like ah in full sale that would get a pop <laughs> or ah that was just a thing that would normally get a pop in front of an audience that cared, but no not here no it's interesting. I don't understand why they moved it to... Oh, I don't... No one understands. I've, I've talked about this every... Like, I feel like I'm talking about it every week. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, who knows? Anyway, that brings me to the end of 205 Live, and I've already talked about the news. Uh, I will split this show into NXT for the second half. 
So we'll talk about NXT and NXT UK when we come back from the adverts. So I'll be back in about five seconds after this incredible advert about about bank bank loan money give. Something like that. Right, see you in about five seconds. Ten. Hey up, Gavna. <laughs> I'm so tired. Right, uh, DIY started NXT this week. Yeah, I'm going straight into it. Who cares? And you, you know I'm doing NXT. I said before the break, I can't be shitted. <laughs> DIY. Uh, so Johnny Gargano came out first and he was just talking about all his trials and tribulations. And then he was saying that he seems like all of my success always uh, seems... I have my greatest moments when and then... Or, or uh, when I'm with or something like that. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> and then out comes Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, just as he was about to hit that pause moment, it was like, yes, they did the timing right, or they edited it. <laughs> so you've not got that pause where it feels like Gorgano's finished talking. <laughs> I love that on uh, on Raw. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I feel so fake. <laughs> but I, I, I find it funny. <laughs> just where they've... they've they, it's like he's doing the interruption, and the, and, the, and the commentators were trying to sell it as this person has come out and interrupted what they were going to say. But the person had stopped talking like two seconds before in order to not speak over the music. <laughs> it's just like no no that person had stopped mid-sentence and there was nothing else for them to say <laughs> they'd they'd finished there were no more words which <laughs> just uh, it makes me laugh when it happens it's wrestling it don't take it so seriously <laughs> uh, says me with all this uh, yeah fun wrestling fun that's why I stopped covering Raw Smackdown but we'll, uh, I'll talk about that more when Burns on the show again uh, anyway so Alcatraz uh, so Champa and he talks all of his uh, stuff as well about the how uh, when they're on Raw and on SmackDown, their uh, DIY is great and that kind of thing. And uh, they pretty much announced that they will DIY again. Didn't officially announce that they would be in the Dusty Rose Classic, but later on we found out that DIY will be taking place in the Classic. So that's a very interesting development. And NXT doing the storyline building for DIY together on the main roster. <laughs> it's just as NXT covers their ground. Well, why doesn't Roman Smackdown? I don't, I don't understand things, people. <laughs> I don't understand things. Uh, but yes, yeah, so a DIY formally together. All right. All right, now we've got a couple of VTRs before we get to the next match. Uh, Ricochet was interviewed backstage. He says that he and Black may want to enter the Dusty Rose Classic. That's pretty much the gist of it. Again, NXT, uh, something happens on the main roster, and NXT, if you like, covers it. But that's interesting because, of course, these episodes were recorded last week, if I'm right. Uh, or over the last two weeks. So this happened before this week's television happened. So, yeah. So the anyway, Ricochet and Black teaming together on NXT was filmed before they teamed together on the main roster. So, interesting. <laughs> so, with the kind of thing of people, some people, I kind of felt like Ricochet and Black teaming together was, oh, it felt like, oh, we've got nothing for you already. We've just plopped it together in another tag match. It's like, ah, that's why I said, let's leave this a week or... Sorry, a month or two before actually assessing how these call-ups have gone because he's like Vince got bored of the last call-ups within a month. <laughs> so let's just see how long it takes for him to get bored of these ones. Or long-term, what's that? Well, are they actually going to get any character? Oh. NXT's covering the ground. So we're interested to see people's perception of the Ricochet Black tag team after this classic's happened compared to now where it's like, oh, why are they teaming up? Well, in NXT, they seem to be covering the ground and explaining it. <laughs> so, hooray. Uh, then we cut to Candice LeRae waiting outside for Gargano and she confronts her husband. Uh, he says, uh, uh, yeah, uh, he's out there with Champa. Champa then walks away to Gargano to speak to his wife. Uh, he says, he's, he tells her not to worry and he's got this. 
Candice doesn't seem to believe him, telling him he better know what he's doing, and then she walks off, and Gargano's just looking in the distance, like. <sighs> so again, interesting character development because Candice obviously it makes all the sense in the world that she would hate Champa. And when they debuted on the main roster together, Candice Ray tweeted out a picture where she blacked out yeah Champa's face, just got the pen and scribbled all over it. <laughs> it's just like, well, at least Candice is sticking to narrative and <laughs> continuity and that lot. So it tells me Champa and Organa would do everything they can to at least follow some sort of continuity. But in WWE, where it changes like every three weeks, like <laughs> unless you're like a main eventer, it's like, ah, uh, yeah, good luck, chaps. <laughs> Best of luck. You know, if in, especially a tag team, we've seen what's happened. But I will say that's one positive of AEW is it seems like WWE might try and take tag team wrestling somewhat seriously. Because yeah, again, like teams like the Revival are no longer worried about losing their job in WWE because what they could go to AEW. So then that makes WWE want to keep them more, so AEW can't have them. And it's just, even if you're not going to watch AEW, there will, there, that's, this is my perfect world, <laughs> where just the existence of AEW, whether they're quality or not, makes WWE pick themselves up and put on a better product. That, so then you've got two, pro, two good products. <laughs> that is my dream scenario. And I feel like we're already seeing it with the tag team wrestling getting a bit of a better... Uh, going of it however the revival have just lost to the call-ups two weeks running after winning the titles <laughs> so again eh, what is it what's with the revival the thing over the last three weeks to make seriously and now these guys to make seriously what's going to be what's going to happen over the three-week period after this three-week period <laughs> it's interesting uh, but, I'm looking, but it also makes it the dusty rose tattoo classic interesting because i got this narrative uh, kind of issue between a tag team with DIY that yes they are back together but there's still that issue between them and things have happened and you can't just pretend they didn't. So oh, makes it interesting. NXT actually takes those things on board whilst, just, whilst not just going, they're friends now. They've, yeah, but they've got issues from like th- four months ago. <laughs> they're, they're still still against each other. Nope, they're a team now. But they've still got, no, they haven't. They're fine. But <laughs> I watched it. <laughs> he drove him through an ambulance <laughs> or whatever. Anyway, we then got Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah teaming together with their entrances. They seem to fit as a team. Interesting. I don't know why I hadn't put two and two together. Like they helped each other out, but I generally felt uh, last week. But I generally felt it this week with them two coming out. I was going, yeah, they look fine. Uh, in ring, it felt like it. They just maybe need to work together a bit more often. <laughs> but that's what NXT is for. Just working together more often, they will gel better. But image wise, nailed it like on week one, <laughs> which is uh, cool to say. Uh, they. Defeated Tainara Conti and Jaya Lee. That's like the team of good kicks. <laughs> you have to explain it. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, Vanessa Bonner and Aaliyah winning with a... One did a slam onto her knee and then the other one did like a neck breaker thing, jumping neck breaker thing onto the knee as well. <laughs> and that was that. Yeah. Now, I struggled to explain it. A, because I'm knackered and B, because it was, was a little bit not quite right. But again, first week... I'm not going to put anything... <laughs> well, it's first week to us. These are obviously recorded in bulk as well. But, again, Im- immediately, image-wise, they nailed it. And this is only the first week, so awesome times. Uh, Conti and Lee seem to fit together well, more because of their like martial arts backgrounds. Two different styles of martial arts, but still, uh, they, team- they work together because of that. And my immediate thought was, I feel like Conti might actually work better as a voice. Because she's got a lot of quirky mannerisms. And as a heel... They feel a bit weird, but seeing her as a face is like, oh, it actually 
works. It made sense to me. I don't know what you guys thought, but I actually thought Conti as a face could actually have legs to walk on, <laughs> which is uh, interesting to say. I, I could have, ne- I would never have predicted that, but the quirky mannerisms really work as a face. <laughs> I don't know if that's just me. Uh, next up, uh, we've got a dream interview outside of Full Sail. He's interrupted by Undisputed Era. Then we've got a pretty funny back and forth between the two. Uh, well, the two. The one and the four. Cole threatens Dream, saying that uh, they should be interviewing the future Dusty Rhodes and tag team champions Fish and O'Reilly. Uh, Cole also saying that he's essentially going to uh, beat Velveteen Dream for the championship. So I don't know if that's going to be a close thing or if that's going to be something we see down the line, but... Adam Cole seemingly trying to get another match against a person by going after them whilst they're being interviewed. <laughs> like even Ricochet was just there getting his photo taken, and Adam Cole was there ready <laughs> just to do something. That's how he gets his opportunities. He's just he's just a dick. And then we got arguably the I'm already going to say it. This was my network match of the week. Uh, Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. Yes, I'm saying it, Dijakovic. I'm not going to say it the other way because it annoys me. Also, I'm tired and I find it more difficult <laughs> to pronounce every single letter. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Levis Dijakovic uh, in a, well, one-upsmanship match in a way where both men showed their strength, both men showed their athleticism and that's really what made wild the crowd. They did the Osprey and Ibushi spot and not just spot, they did the camera angle and everything. <laughs> Which I thought was, like, my, like almost everyone who posted it on Twitter was just like, they've just straight up done everything. They've just done the spot <laughs> from the uh, Ibushi versus Osprey thing from Coke and Hall uh, from late last year. It's, it's not just the move, because it was not exactly, didn't do exactly the move, because of course they're not Ibushi and Osprey as a size, but still... It was it was the fact that Lee did that where he did like the moonsault. Well, you think he's going to get flipped and then he lands on his legs. After I think it was a monkey, whatever, what is it called? Monkey flip? <laughs> God, I'm tired. Yeah, it's doing the monkey flip and then Keith Lee lands on his feet. And they did the shot where <laughs> Dijakovic just kind of looked around slowly <laughs> and Lee's standing on his feet, basking in his glory. And Dijakovic is like, did he just land on his feet? <laughs> just slowly turning around. <laughs> just gobsmacked. It's like, oh, it's... It's a very, very good shot, but I find it hilarious that they they didn't just take inspiration from New Japan, they've just straight up done it, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Uh, but yeah, the NXT crowd went mental, and then uh, Keith Lee obviously got to show off his power, slamming Dijakovic, uh, but they brought to the outside. Then Dijakovic did a SIE moonsault off of the second rope <laughs> onto, onto Keith Lee, and that ended up in a count-out with neither guy able to get back in the ring, with the full-sale crowd just clapping, just what desperate to see more. We're going to see more of this. That was a very, very good match. And we'll say, even though I've called this like my network match of the week, uh, I will highly recommend the NXT UK main event as well. But for me, this one maybe just edges it. Again, it's the thing of the crowd was really invested in this one, but the other one was the Phoenix crowd over at the Royal Rumble Access thing. So even though they were into the tag team match, it's not going to create the same atmosphere as Full Sail would. But anyway, Levis Dijakovic, really enjoyed it. It was a one shit match, didn't have an ending. That's the other thing that the STU match does have. But yes, top match, highly recommend you watch it. It's awesome, even though I've just said... like I did kind of rip into it for nicking the Ibushi Osprey spot, but there's a reason they nicked it. <laughs> it's a really, really good spot. It's awesome. And the camera angle set and sent Twitter into meltdown. It's like, oh my God, that camera angle. Oh. <laughs> do, do we even never think of something like this? Yes, but they will use it <laughs> after someone else has. Uh, anyway, 
Highly recommend you watch Leave Dijakovic. For me, it was, oh, I finally get to see these guys on the WWE stage together. Uh, I've watched them in PWG. I love them in both in PWG. Yeah, that's the other thing I was... Uh, I was talking about that with Clive. <laughs> just that thing of, oh, we're just watching the Indies of all the flippy shit. Like, I'm watching likes of Keith Lee, Walter, Dijakovic. Yes, Dijakovic does a lot of flippy shit, but also a big dude. It's like, yeah, the Indies aren't what... Be kind of <laughs> the stereotype just doesn't really fit. <laughs> there are there are certain wrestlers that still do that, but still, on the whole, it's not really. <laughs> it doesn't really fit the stereotype. Again, watching Keith Lee and Walter, <laughs> those guys aren't flipping shit stuff. But yes, Keith Lee, Dijakovic, awesome match. After this, we got the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic brackets officially revealed. So we're going to be getting four matches: Mustache Mountain facing the Street Profits. Oh, and they will face the winner of Only Lorcan and Danny Birch versus the Forgotten Sons. That's going to be interesting because I only really see a low road for the Mustache Mountain to the final. So that was really interesting. And then DIY versus Undisputed Era will face the winner of Alistair Black and Ricochet versus Fabian Lartner and Marcel Bartel. So one thing that feeds into this, and I don't know if it's going to, I don't really know if it's, spo- it's a spoiler, if it's been announced. So I guess. Spoiler for the next 30 seconds, just in case. <laughs> but, the spoiler's happening in 3, 2, 1. Uh, as far as I know, the NXT UK Championship and their next defence will be taking place at the next NXT TakeOver. So that kind of feeds into maybe the Mustard Mountain and whatnot maybe being in the final of this. Just to get my own bits in there. Right, spoiler over. <laughs> I don't know how to mark that on a thing, but I did it within, I did it under 30 seconds, therefore it should be good to listen now. <laughs> so you turned it. Whatever, I did it, that was cool. But yes, the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic brackets are looking very interesting and it's a tournament which is fun to keep track of and watch every year, even if like some years are, some years the final I don't really care about compared to uh, is, that, is that true? I'm trying to remember when when was Authors of Pain versus um Shane Thorne and Nick Miller, their team. TM six one, that's it. <laughs> I had to go to Pokemon to find that out in my head. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I, f- I can't remember when they were. Were they the final, or were they just a random tag team match? Who who knows? I remember the uh, Paul Ellering in a cage. <laughs> it's has been in the Muslim ring, or whatever. Whatever that was. That something to do with the Rose Classic? Oh, who knows? It's I'm knackered. <laughs> I'm not going to remember. Uh, anyway, I I enjoyed the tag Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting stuff confused with stuff that wasn't the Tag Team Classic. Uh, but I don't know who wins. I don't. I've not looked at the spoilers. I only know like this. So these brackets so it'd be awesome to see what happens next then we go back to the ring and out comes Sasha Banks and the crowd go absolutely mental <laughs> Sasha and Bailey pop in for a quick hello with their women's uh, tag team championships and the crowd are going mental for them Izzy even starts crying <laughs> which was adorable uh, Sasha and Bailey uh, then get into the ring and the crowd are still going crazy for them yeah. So then Sasha gets on the mic saying they never forget where they come from but the reason they were there was because they said on Monday Night Raw they would defend the belts against those on Raw, Smackdown and NXT and they weren't kidding so they actually have turned up in NXT saying that the next time they come here they hope that there will be some challenges for them because they might be putting up their tag team championships so telling them to step up because <laughs> they are going to be back <laughs> that's kind of awesome to say that they've mentioned NXT superstars and they've actually turned up in NXT so it is a whole WWE thing rather than just we've said that maybe we'll get an NXT surprise now and then so yeah I, yes, I, I like this development for the uh, tag team championships 
Uh, immediately, what jumps to my mind is the Sky Pirates because that would be the match. <laughs> Surely, Sasha and Bailey versus the Sky Pirates that would get people excited. But of course, you've got the Baddie Horse Women over there as well. You've got, I guess, a Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne. They've joined up, <laughs> joined up. <laughs> then you've got Tanoa Conti and Jaya Lee with their the martial arty people. Yeah, you've got teams forming in the NXT which makes will make the transitions to the main roster kind of feel a lot more natural like likes of the Iconics where they come up as a tag team so not being kind of forced together in any way like Noami and Garmella oh. why did I say Noami? <laughs> that's a reference to the first ever column I wrote where I wrote Noami instead of Naomi like I was speaking like Scott Steiner and <laughs> I don't know why I've chosen now to reference it maybe it's because I've chatted and my brain's not working Okay, let's quickly move on to the main event of NXT. Uh, Shayna Baszler in a non-title match facing Mia Yim, the Blade and Baddy. Uh, yes, in she's ready to kick some ass, and she actually takes it to Baszler for a fair bit, and then uh, she does a lot of uh, moves onto the wrist of Baszler to kind of, I guess, null the submission somewhat. But then Mia Yim seems to be completely taken out of it after her she does a running knee into the steel steps, and then Baszler really zones in, and Mia Yim really struggles to really get into the match after that even to the point where she was delivering her offence even though it was using the injured knee. <laughs> so her the same knee that she'd injured she kept doing moves with <laughs> and I was laughing. I was laughing during again it's wrestling. You don't need to take it so seriously, but <laughs> I was really laughing where she did a move with her knee. It was like stop doing moves with the injured knee and she's like, No I've got to <laughs> And there's just another one that's no it's not helping. Stop doing moves with the injured knee like, oh, but I've got to do this kick <laughs> and then she does it she does it again. It's like, Oh it hurts so much, stop using the knee then <laughs> just, I had fun with this match. It, it wasn't <laughs> even though that wasn't the reaction they were going for, but yeah, I had fun with it. But in the end, uh, Mia Yim does it hits the eat defeat because it's with the injured knee. But stop using the knee, Mia. <laughs> then uh, she's not able to get to the pin cover quick enough, and Baszler kicks out. And in the end, Baszler just locks her in, just chokes her out essentially, and that's the end of the match. Baszler wins via submission, and then we go off air after the replays. So no run-ins or anything, just dominant, dominant NXT Women's Champion, and then you end the show on that note. But yeah. You don't need to. He just, he, sometimes you can end shows by having someone go over in the ring. <gasps> Mental, <laughs> no interference, no shenanigans. Just do a thing, and the person looks strong. Oh, it's crazy. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I get the feeling WWE feel like they need to really appease the live crowd. This is a dynamic that doesn't happen for full sale because they're taping them in bulk. They can end a show like this because they're still going to get their big moments later on in the recording compared to where you're touring around the world and each show is like a touring show in a way where each one's got to be significant in some form and I feel like that maybe is a bit of an issue for Smackdown because that means they can't end on a note like this because it wouldn't be big enough yeah. maybe it's just me and it's, it's a good way to end the show I liked it maybe they can do it in the main roster right so before I fall asleep let's do NXT UK it's not really it's, it's a quick one this <laughs> this week uh, it's yeah not it's straight it's, it's really just Match, VTR, match, VTR, match, end of show. So nice and quick, like 205 Live was as well. So first off, we have Tyler Bate facing Jack Gallagher in a match where the, I like the reaction of the Phoenix crowd. It's just after Gallagher came out, because uh, Tyler Bate came out first, like, yay, Bate, and then Gallagher comes out, and the reaction was, ooh, this should be interesting. <laughs> he just, you just hear it, it just, it just peaked up, as ooh. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> it just, that got a laugh out of me. Um, but yes, 
Tyler Bate and Jack Gallagher are lots of kind of reversal grapply kind of stuff. British wrestling, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, British wrestling is showcased at Phoenix. Uh, in the end, it, and also in the British way, is the way the match ended. So both guys kind of hit their some big offense during the match, but it ended with a really long pin uh, exchange where one after the other is doing pins on each other. In the end, Bate won with one. End of the match. <laughs> nice and quick. Uh, a nice fun watch. Yeah, again, both guys are really inventive with their grapple reversals and uh, just reversals overall. So it's really quick in that way as well. It's just really fast-paced British wrestling match. A good showcase for the style, and not really, <laughs> not really much to add. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was interesting. It's essentially, it's essentially what the reaction was. Oh, this should be interesting. Oh, and it was. <laughs> it, it's kind of. I feel like that voice fits it as well. It's like, oh, wasn't it lovely? <laughs> and like later on we'll get into our big lad wrestling and our dramatic tag match but let's start with oh wasn't that lovely it's a lovely British wrestling with a cup of tea <laughs> that, that kind of match uh, yeah an enjoyable bout both guys look great obviously because they got to do good wrestling stuff but yeah awesome times uh, next up VTR time uh, Nina Samuels she got her little uh, character VTR thing very relating her to the theatre and the kind of the showman aspects of that in a way I feel like that's leading into her character uh, then we got an Eddie Dennis selfie stick promo uh, where he was talking about what happens to, uh, happened to Eddie Dennis after Blackpool and he kind of just goes into explaining how he's going to be a dick to everyone but he, he, he doesn't think he's a dick oh no because this is not she's not so he's not Stephanie McMahon Stephanie McMahon who goes I'm the baddie <laughs> it's like that's not how that's not how it works <laughs> Baddies don't go, I'm a baddie. <laughs> no. Eddie Dennis, uh, yeah, talk about how he's going to be, get, he's going to make a statement. That's how, how he operates. Then we cut to the NXT UK Performance Centre, which opened uh, not long before the, uh, what's it, Blackpool, that's it. <laughs> Take over Blackpool. Oh, yeah, they did all the media here in the UK to announce the NXT Performance Centre here in the UK uh, Banks is doing a drill or he's taking part in a drill he's standing on the ropes as two other guys are currently in the ring with uh, Robbie Brookside teaching them how to do stuff uh, when uh, what's his face Jordan Devlin <laughs> that's it Jordan Devlin pulls Banks off of the ring ropes and then kind of beats him up a bit throws him across the table not through a table just across it gently now, he goes to point across he doesn't need to break any furniture <laughs> then uh, Devlin gets out before anything really happens but anyway Devlin has ambushed Banks and in return William Regal William Regal that's the wrong show <laughs> in return uh, what's his face Johnny uh, it's gone <laughs> there we go that's our first complete brain fart because of the tiredness <laughs> GM of NXT UK he comes Johnny Saint there we go I've got it yeah, Johnny Saint announces on Twitter that he is going to be Devlin versus Banks in a false count anywhere match next week. That was, that was announced a little bit later on. So the first false count anywhere match here on NXT UK. Awesome. I think we're finally going to be getting to an NXT UK recording in UK. So goodbye, Phoenix. <laughs> We've enjoyed you with the NXT leftovers. <laughs> it's the quiet crowd. Uh, anyway, next up we have Walter defeating Cassius Ono in a big lad doing big lad wrestling match. Uh, the big chops from Walter, uh, the, an awesome spot of Kashi Sono showing his athleticism, and then Walter doing a drop kick. <laughs> it's just like they, you can tell that the NXT crowd, NXT crowd the Phoenix crowd watching NXT, there we go, uh, you can tell they weren't too familiar with these guys. Uh, they popped for Walter, but then watching them do their, these both of them do their athleticism, they were like, oh shit, these guys are awesome. Yes, they are. Uh, Walter won in the end with a powerbomb after Kashi Sono. 
uh, did his best. <laughs> but we got on. It's a stiff big lad wrestling match, and in the end, one wins the power bomb. Just an ultimate big lad wrestling match. Lots of chops, lots of hard kicks and punches. <laughs> it's like, yes. If you're looking for a big lad wrestling match, this is the one of the week. <laughs> big lads. Well, to be fair, we got this, and then we also got Keith Lee versus Dominic Diakovic. So, big lads got a nice big spotlight this week. Pun intended. <laughs> the big spotlight was on this week. <laughs> I'll just say it like that. Oh, that's what that's what you use for the column in <laughs> the big spotlight on the next UK. Anyway, well, I'd recommend I'd recommend the match somewhat if you want some to watch some big lad wrestling with some hard chops and kicks and slams and power bombs and whatnot. This is the match for you. If you want to see big lads wrestling with lots of flips, you're like, oh my god, how are you doing that? Then you watch Keith Lee Diakovich. Depends what you prefer, <laughs> but you've got both ends of the big lad uh, choice wagon. Why am I going with that? <laughs> Been playing too much Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> the, the, the choice wagon. <laughs> it's about to do a cowboy fashion, but that's just a tangent for a whole other time. Uh, El Ligero selfie stick promo. He is in the performance centre. And he's pretty much doing a promo for his match next week against Joseph Connors. So another thing that happens on NXT UK is the card for next week gets filled out. It's the benefit of doing bulk tapings is you know what's on it because you've already recorded it. <laughs> so awesome times. It's not going to change from week after week because you've already done it. Hooray, continuity. That's, that's the benefit of recording. Is, is compared to WWE television where you get the feeling each week it's being written as you're watching it. It's, oh, Mostly Raw. Smackdown maybe feels a, a lot better planned, but Raw feels very rushed and last minute, and things don't always make sense because they've not had time to be thought over to make sense or fit continuity because they've been written during the show's airing time. Oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah, NXT UK, NXT uh, 25 Live to agree. Being recorded and kind of presented as they are gives them a lot more ease in the continuity and whatnot. And this takes us to our main event, Gibson and Drake a.k.a. the Grizzled Young Veterans, the NXT UK Tag Team Champions, the first ever NXT UK Tag Team Champions, facing their challengers Birch and Lorcan. And this was a top match. Uh, great stuff. Tag Team Wrestling. Uh, yeah, Birch and Lorcan, are, they've done really, really well at getting, doing that, I guess, stiff enough moves that aren't finishes, but they're stiff enough that you believe they could end a match. There's, there's something about them, there's something about their style. And Gibson and Drake have got their ticket to ride or whatever it's called. <laughs> it's not called that, I know. <laughs> but something something about that. But yes, Gibson and Drake end up defending their tag team championships. But it was re- it felt really, really close to the crowd. They really got the crowd into it with Birch and Lorcan coming really, really close on a couple of occasions. Just that thing of, you, know, you feel like they've, uh, they were under it. They were under the momentum being kept down. And then they break out of it and they really do take down the Grizzled Young Veterans. And you think they've carried the momentum forward enough to take them down and really win those tag team championships when no they haven't not quite uh, yes they did the thrills really really well in this match so if Lee Dyakovich hadn't happened this would have been my match of the week <laughs> which if this was in full sale I reckon this probably would have been my match of the week it's just this, uh, the crowd really added to Lee Dyakovich whilst with this one they didn't really add anything because of course it's access the crowd the noise seems to escape from the very few people who are there so, eh. But this is our final recording in Phoenix, so we say goodbye to Arizona, was it? I don't know where it was, it was Phoenix. <laughs> we say goodbye to Phoenix, because I think we're going to Coventry next next week, if if I'm right. Again, tired brain turning off. 
slowly. <laughs> I was going to go to more detail in the match, but I'm not really going to add anything. <laughs> I'm so tired. Uh, I recommend the match. I'm trying to say, very, very. It's your dramatic tag team match of the week, which is awesome. Really, really fun to watch. The a, I call it like a roller coaster of just just the ups and the downs of the momentum not the momentum but the I guess if you did it as face heel face heel and you just a line of who had momentum then it'd be up and down like a roller coaster <laughs> it's a good like that really enjoyable match really recommend it so actually thinking about it if I'm really going to do my like matches of recommendation it have to be Lee Dijakovic uh, Gibson Drake versus Bertrand Lorcan I really I really enjoyed Walter and Ono as well Tyler Bate and Jack Gallagher's your ooh wasn't that lovely <laughs> match of the week uh and of course, the two hundred five live tournament is it's worth keeping up with because they kind of build up to a crescendo really nicely. Or it did last year, and it, the Cruiserweight Classic did as well. So high, high expectations just because of how great the last Cruiserweight Classic tournaments have been. So the Buddy Murphy Classic, ugh, high expectations of decent viewing. <laughs> uh, and that brings me to the end of the show. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I have no idea if this turned into a waffle. But I've now got to somehow edit it without falling asleep. So wish me luck. Uh, I'll be back next week. Not knackered, hopefully. You don't know if I'm situations. Uh, I'm, yes, I'm back next Thursday at the same time of about 1am. Well, 1am my time, 8pm GMT. Uh, covering the WWE Network Network shows once again. And uh, I think I said this before, but just to remind you that... I'm going I'm to be saying it every week now. <laughs> just to remind everything. Uh, after WrestleMania... The plan at the moment, as Burn revealed, is for Burn to return, and then we'll go back to the. If you've ever listened to an original Perfect Ten Wrestling show before Burn had to leave uh, around WrestleMania season in 2017, I've carried the show by myself for the past two years. But Burn is finally able to return, so we're going to test out for the two months after WrestleMania, Burn being back to see if we can actually do it. So that means reverting back <laughs> to the actual format. <laughs> so we'll be doing after WrestleMania. We'll be doing Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Sometimes we weren't able to do NXT because of time, but that's the plan and the format of the show because they're the shows we actually watch. Uh, and our, our, the plan at the moment is to keep Two or Five Clive. Uh, two or Five Clive. That's his. <laughs> that's his laws of pain. <laughs> uh, avatar name. Uh, but yeah, we'll keep. Uh, we'll have Clive on as a guest to do a network special every month. We'll get Jake Cole on to talk about NXT after takeovers. But Burns should be with us on. Perfect 10 wrestling every single week. I don't know why I said that so slowly. <laughs> My brain's turning off. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, so, we do look forward to that. But of course, these are the counting down weeks of this format of me doing the network shows. So, enjoy them whilst you can. I say network shows. I've switched them to once a month rather than every single time. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, this does mean the issue is I have to watch Raw unless I can get burned to watch Raw. And therefore, I don't have to. Because Oh, also, if whilst you're waiting for Burn, you can read his raw slash sometimes SmackDown reviews on in the Lost Pain column forum. Uh, currently taking place in the columns forum is the King of the Columnists tournament. The semi-final columns have been posted. If you want to go read those, uh, Clive was my guest last week. He is one of the final four who's posted his column. And the person who knocks me out, uh, our Boff, whose column is on the main page for the quarterfinals, his semi-final column is also up. He's uh, say he's not been there very long, but he's quickly making a name for himself. If you read his stuff, you'll see why there's talk of him uh, his future being very bright <laughs> if he sticks with us on lots of pain uh, but if you want to also just get in on the conversations or to just follow the tournament or to write yourself uh, please sign up to the comments forum uh, that's how I got into all of this stuff highly recommended <laughs> anyway thank you for listening I'm going to end the show now so with that 
I don't know why I have to. I don't have to announce I'm ending the show. I just end the show. <laughs> oh, I do weird things when I'm tired. Anyway, uh, I'll see you next week. With that, I bid you adieu. Adios. Ten. Ten. Ten.